Welcome to The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling. This week, my guest is Rachel Lambeau, CEO and co-founder of Shady Baron, an all-natural body skincare brand founded by Rachel and her mom. Women founded and women operated, Shady Baron believes in creating high-quality vegan body products packed with nutrient-rich superfoods that are good for both your skin and our planet. Launched as a side hustle, Shady Baron has been growing in popularity. It's become an editorial favorite in addition to catching the eye of beauty retailers, including Detox Market, who now carries the brand. Before we get to our conversation, I want to thank our sponsor. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women entrepreneurs achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Hi, my name is Rachel. I am the CEO and co-founder of Shadi Baron. I have been an entrepreneur since I was like 16. So I did like a summer company program many years ago in my teens because I was just really interested. And even in high school, I was doing sort of stuff with Rotary Club to learn more about business and having a mentor. So I think the path to being an entrepreneur has been always like something that I wanted to do. Um, I think that um, it was more so prevalent, like obviously my 20s and then where I am now. I think I never thought I would actually be in the beauty or cosmetic or personal care industry. I never gave it much of a thought, really. Um, I was always looking more like real estate or just generally just being a businesswoman, right, in, in whatever capacity I can from like either franchise owning or something. But it's never really something that I thought, hey, I'm going to be in beauty. I'm going to be in personal care. Um, that was never really a desire of mine. Um, I just fell into it. And I think that's why it makes it so much more interesting for me. Mm. And uh, you were just sharing, you had, uh, you started your career in beauty, basically working for other brands. So did that journey prepare you? Is that when, you know, you said, well, now I'm more, I'm more comfortable. I'm seeing how brands operate and, and, you know, I can start my own. Was that the trigger for, for launching your own? No, it actually wasn't. Um, it was just because I, I mean, I worked in it and I really loved it and I was doing the marketing and the sales and a little bit of business development, um, especially when I was working for smaller brand where I had to wear many hats, which was also really great. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what really inspired me was, uh, I was just talking to my mom, uh, who's my business partner. Mm -hmm. Um, and the co-founder was, (laughs) we just, she was always making products and she's a nurse. Um, she's somebody that will like, you know, you have a stomach ache. Oh my gosh, let me find you something, you know, right. uh, natural, right? Oh, oh, you have a cut. Oh, oh my gosh, let me find you something for that. <laughs> you can use this, right? right. She's really like a mom and slash a nurse uh, by profession. And she was, she's also a midwife. And it's kind of I like, like um, she's this nurturer, this person who cares. Uh, and she knows mm-hmm. so much about plants. Like if you ever walk into her house, all you see is like aloe vera plants and like, different type of plants all over her house and it smells so beautiful inside and it's so fresh and it's she knows how to like nurture all this and she knows Mm. so much about herbs and botany so I think what happened was that I was working in that space and my mom was always like 
coming up with different methods of helping people, especially on a topical perspective, you know, people would come in with rashes and, and have eczema or pariasis or things like that. And I said to her one time, like, oh, mom, you know, why don't we just do a business together? You know, I work in this industry and uh, maybe we could, you know, do something for you. And obviously it wasn't at that scale. It would just be like a little brand, like, you know, one product or something. She's like, oh, I think I'm too old to start a business. I'm like, what? Excuse me? That sounds <laughs> like a really weird thing to say in the like mid 2000s right like 20 2014 or something um and my mom still had that very perspective that you know she thought of in the 80s and the 70s and the early 90s it was like impossible for a woman just to walk into a bank or say hey you know i'm gonna start a business or, right yeah you know i want to buy my own house without like you know a male uh individual being part of that um so i said to her no like i totally think we could do a business she's like i'm too old i'm like i'm in my, I'm in early fifties. I'm like, so what does that mean? You could do anything you want to do. I mean, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, in the sense that there's this possibility of running a business now. And my mom's like, uh, sure. I guess she wasn't really like convinced. And it took me a whole entire year to convince her to actually consider doing it. Wow. Um, and I like literally like calling her persistently and telling her about this. And then so she eventually agreed, um, and she wanted to initially do all oils and creams. And I was like, well, why don't we just do soaps? And she's like, well, I don't know anything about soaps. So I found her a course uh, in the city that she was living in. And she was so excited about doing it that she showed up a day early to her class. <laughs> and I was like, mom, it's not, it's not on Saturday, it's on Sunday. Um, and so she ended up, you know, showing up to the class and, uh, and learning how to make soap from a master batcher for about two and a half years. Oh, amazing. Um, and then that's how we started. And then we started the brand in 2016. So from 2013 all the way to um, 2016, we kind of just prepared ourselves. My mom sort of learned more about what she needed to learn and, and uh, taking certifications and getting private lessons and learning more mm -hmm. and reading about it and really merging her love for like botany and herbs uh, into that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's how we kind of got started in 2016. <laughs> so yeah. And tell me about the start of the business. So when was that first moment where you felt like, okay, maybe we actually have something that's going to take off here and this is going to be successful? That's a really good question. Uh, okay, so my mom came down in July, uh, or I think it was a June of 2016, and we, we rented this really big commercial kitchen to uh, make products, and it was a vegan kitchen. They, mm -hmm. they actually didn't have any meat. It was all like nut-free, gluten-free, whatever. Um, and we kind of uh, sat there, and we started making products, and we made a lot of products, like a ton. Um, and then we, a friend of mine said, Hey, Rachel, there's a vegan show, vegan festival happening at the Harbor front, uh, in Toronto. It's the largest, a vegetarian festival, um, in North America, but don't quote me on it. I think it's like the largest or one of the largest. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we got a booth, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, let me buy a booth. <laughs> and we got a booth next to like a really nice place. It was like a premium location. It was awesome. Uh, we set up, um, we had about a thousand bars of soap. We sold 832 bars in like over the three days that we had the show. Right. And we were like, okay, this maybe makes a little bit more sense now. There yeah. is actually demand for like our product. Uh -huh. um, and that's when we actually realized, okay, maybe this is actually worth pursuing. When, uh, or tell me about, and I, I know as an entrepreneur, there's usually many, but tell me about the first moment 
the, the largest obstacle you faced and maybe something where you even told yourself, okay, this might be an issue. I don't know if we can overcome this. Wow. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, there's a lot of obstacles, um, space, finding space to actually manufacture our products because we right. wanted to manufacture. Mm -hmm. That was a really large challenge. And then also finding, um, suppliers, you know, there was a lot of label suppliers that were either too expensive or, um, they were expensive and then the quality was really subpar. Mm -hmm. Um, so those were a lot of challenges that we faced like very initially, like early on finding, uh, people to, to print for us or, um, things like that in that specific category to look at the, at the quality that we wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, so those were like one of the first obstacles and just like the sheer amount of labor that's involved in this business. Right. We didn't realize how much it is like soap is heavy. You know, when you carry yeah. a box of soap, a 40, 60 bars of soap, it's like 22 pounds, <laughs> very heavy, you know, not right. something to like think about or when you're like buying shea butter or cacao butter or barrels of oil, you don't realize how heavy they are until like you're picking them up and you're like, Oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? Like mm. I'm already in pain. <laughs> so I think those were like one of the many obstacles I have to say were, um, a deterrent for us, um, right. definitely in at the beginning and even like throughout, like there was days where my mom and I looked at each other and we're just like, okay, we're totally done with this. Like, this is like, right. okay, we're going to take a break or we're just <laughs> going to like not do it or reconsider. But I think what the thing about the obstacles that I thought was very amazing, um, is that you find, if you really want this, you find solutions or you find workarounds or you find ways to like work better, work mm. smarter, work less like physical. I mean, we're, me and my mom are both women. It doesn't mean that we, you know, we can't carry stuff, but I also don't want to necessarily break my back. So we, we started finding <laughs> good, new good ways. Idea. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Exactly. We started finding ways of like really just, um, ensuring that we were trying to like find new ways of being smarter in our uh -huh, business uh -huh. from, you know, finding better suppliers, finding multiple suppliers, finding different printers, finding, you know, really building our roster of suppliers so right. that we're not always dependent on one individual. And I think it has served as well to do that because when I look at like even today with what, what's happening around the world, I have 10 different suppliers. I am not reliant on this on one just individual. one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is smart. So I think, Exactly. And I think that's why I think obstacles sometimes or barriers are sometimes really hard um, to deal with psychologically, but it's also a great opportunity to say, hey, you know what, what are we going to do about it? How can we find a new way of doing things? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you chose to go in the beauty industry, which is, you know, quite saturated at the moment. And in in the category there you know there's more and more brands who specialize in uh, natural or clean beauty organic skincare and so on so how did you go about making sure your brand would stand out how are you differentiating yourself from everything else that's on the shelves well first we knew that skincare is saturated like you said um we loved body care and we just didn't find a lot of really clean nice quality premium body care that was out there mm -hmm. i mean you walked into the drugstore today then there's really not much in the category absolutely um and then you walk into sort of a natural health store and there's really also not much in that category either right so um i felt like there was and then the really premium brands that i found i i i adore them and i think they're really beautiful but some of them were like highly perfumed they were either synthetic perfumes or there was a lot of other fillers in there that i didn't think 
I, I wanted to like apply to my body. So mm-hmm. we, we wanted to create this like beautiful premium brand that was affordable, but had also a lot of really good ingredients in it that were mainly exclusively used for the face. So like mm-hmm. a lot of brands on like, I mean, when you look at oils or even just formulations of skincare brands that are re- very focused on the face, you would really see that there's, putting really beautiful oils in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the same, like we should be doing the same thing for our body. I mean, like you literally, like your largest organ on your body is your skin. Right. You carry it with you. Um, and it absorbs everything. It absorbs like everything, everything, exactly. Everything. Um, so I think we were really wanting to create something that helped the body, help the skin feel good, feel well. Um, you wear your skin every day, you know, you, it's long, you take it off and say, Hey, you know, you know, today I'm going to wear a different type of suit. Um, so it's almost like, how can we nurture? How can we care for that? And we really wanted to create a story about high performance. And that idea comes from the, the amount of concentration. And a lot of people talk about, Hey, we put in some shea butter and we put in some chameleon oil and we put in some, some of that, mm-hmm. but you really don't know the percentages of that, that they're putting in. And obviously there's right. thresholds and obviously that when you're building out formulations, mm-hmm. but we really wanted to put put a lot of that in there that that you didn't see in body care mm-hmm. so that was our one of our unique selling points and we wanted to focus on vegan skin food so really feeding your skin with these nutrients these super ingredients the omega-3 6 and 9 um so essential fatty acids that your body doesn't necessarily produce on its own only if you eat things that have fatty acids in it or omegas like your avocados certain type of fish mm-hmm. nuts things like that that creates that like waxy invisible uh, film that we have around our skin so we really wanted to create something that did that for the body um from a topical level um and we wanted to make it as as clean as we could and as as natural as possible 100 natural 100 vegan um and that was really our intention and that was the story that we wanted to tell uh and differentiate ourselves from sort of like premium high quality but yet affordable uh, pricing for a brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it challenging doing your own manufacturing? And you've explained that, you know, this is something important to you and you just talk about how you create the formulas, you you know, you can control the, the, the quantity of ingredients and so on. Um, was that challenging at first? Um, and is it, I know it's, all, it's also something that's quite disruptive in the industry because typically, companies will partner with uh, labs that white label for them, right? So tell me about how that's worked out for you and how was it received uh, with your suppliers and other partners? I mean, our suppliers didn't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, they're like, hey, you bought something? Good. Awesome. Thanks. See you next time. <laughs> but, uh, but I think a lot of times, um, a lot of brands... Uh, I think for us individually, or speaking as a company and like me and my mother, Shade, mm-hmm. we really just wanted to own that process. And we wanted to ensure that we could really promise the things that we're saying we're promising. Right. So a lot of promises out there, you know, on people's sites and on people's um, missions and whatnot. But uh, is it possible to uphold that promise? Um, and I just even looking back at like how brands did, did it years ago, they made their own products. Um, and I think we wanted to really keep that in house because we could ensure the quality, we can ensure the ingredients, mm-hmm. uh, we can, uh, we can follow the entire supply chain process versus, um, when I work with a private label guy, he could get the shea butter from somewhere else and it's maybe not, not, uh, it's, um, it's bleached or it's unbleached or it's refined or it's processed. Right. I don't know that. Um, but I can really focus and say, Hey, 
I know all the 16 ingredients or 14 or whatever, how many ingredients are going into my product. And I know exactly each supplier and I can look at the ingredient and smell it and say, okay, yeah, it's the same batch. It's continuously the same quality mm-hmm. um, versus like when I'm not, I'm not part of that process. I can't ensure that. Right. And I think because it's like you're applying these products on your body. Um, I think we're very diligent with that. I mean, I use my own products, um, you know, my family uses our, our products, right? So it's like that that knowing that I can use my products and I'm going to be okay with everybody else using them as well. Right. Um, we, we do work with a chemist that helps us um, make sure that the formulations that we've created are good and valid and they're stable and they, they're not going to cause uh, issues um, to ensure that the, the highest level of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we love manufacturing. It is definitely very challenging sometimes to manufacture um as much as we need to um but we love doing it mm-hmm. and i think what inspired me most is um uh when i look at tata harper yes um mm-hmm. her brand and her her ideologies and her messages and i've I, I you know even years before i started this brand i knew about her um and i thought what she was doing was incredible it was so um invaluable because you're offering jobs to like not just even like people in your in in your vicinity but like there's so many people that participate in this process there's a human touch in every single thing mm-hmm. i can tell you everybody who's gotten my soaps i've touched them i've wrapped each of my soaps i've like you know put mm-hmm. the labels on it right mm-hmm. so it's that really human touch and i know as we scale i think it's going to be a very different experience but we'll still ensure that there's a human touch in every single aspect of it because we really love what we do. And I think it's so important that people can believe us and trust us with that. Mm -hmm. And you've uh, alluded to the name, which I believe is your mom's name. So tell me about the inspiration for your brand name. Uh, My mom is awesome. And I think most people (laughs) think that I think most people think their moms are awesome. So I think my mom is really just an amazing person. I remember when I was a little child, I was about six or seven. She's like, Rachel, you could do anything you want to do. Don't don't let anybody tell you that it's impossible to do what you want to do or your vision or your dream. And I think I gave her that same inspiration when I tried to convince her to start this brand. (laughs) I said, well, you know, you being 50 doesn't mean anything. I mean, look at Martha Stewart. She's uh, she's not. Um, she didn't start super young, and and she's in her seventies now, I, I think. Um, and she is like a force to be reckoned with. And I think that today you don't have to be twenty years old to start a business. You don't have to be, you know, this young person to start a business. I think you have to have just the 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 will and the personality and the energy. And I think it, it's all in it's all in the head. It's all in the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I gave her that same thing and I said, well, you could do anything you want to do, mom. And she's like, okay, that sounds like <laughs> you quoted her own words back to her basically. Exactly. And I think that it was like a really awesome thing. Um, and I think, well, why don't we call it after you, mom? You know? And she's like, really, you know, and my mom is very much like, she doesn't like being in the limelight. It's something that she's not very much used to. Okay. okay. And so I think I was like, you know what? We're doing this. You have no choice. <laughs> and I think what also happened is that um, we didn't want to use a last name. So we came up with a moniker that kind of worked with the with her first name, Sade. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just inspiring and paying homage to my mom. You know, she's such an awesome person. And I think that um now that there's so much opportunity to start businesses in in your in your home, you know, in your pajamas, mm-hmm. you can literally create a store online. 
um, I really wanted her to show that this, this is really possible and that, yeah. I, I love that story of, uh, you know, paying tribute to your mom and then having kind of the mother daughter, you know, bond uh, come alive through the brand. That's really beautiful. Um, and then we can't ignore that over the past few months, uh, we've been facing the harsh reality of the global pandemic we find ourselves in. Um, and we're also seeing with the Black Lives Matter movement um, and the, the movement of protests against racial injustice. Uh, so first, let's talk about COVID and how did that affect your business? Wow, yeah, it did affect our business um, quite a bit in some ways. In some ways it didn't. Um, I think one, it did because we, we did a lot of shows, like consumer shows. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were highly dependent on that. And that's how we sort mm. of built our fan base in Toronto and in, in New York. Right. Um, and I think that was a little bit hard to, like, you know, not to see customers that I usually see face to face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a little, that was tough. Uh, and we had already planned out a lot of different type of events that we wanted to do and uh, pop-ups and whatnot. So that all got scrambled and canceled. But we were all already in the transition of like really focusing on being online exclusively f- uh, from our website. So I think that we just take start taking more advantage of that and communicating more with our customers and really telling the story through that. Uh, but it, it still took a hit on us. Like, I mean, we were just building out that those, those strategies and implementing them. So it was still very much like new and, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely very challenging. There was more months where we were thinking, oh gosh, what are we, we going to do? Um, and then, uh, and we started pivoting, we started moving in different directions and, mm-hmm. and, and focusing on things that I think matter to people. Um, I know that there was a lot of people creating sanitizers and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And initially we were going to, we were considering something like that, but then we realized, you know what, that's not our category. That's not who we are. Um, you know, it's not who we are. Like we have to also keep true to who we are and ourselves. Uh, so we decided, you know what? We are. We know how to make soap. We know how to make body care products. And so let's create a hand soap that people can use and 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 enjoy. And and because you're washing your hands so much, is something that aligns with you know aligns with our brand a lot more than hand sanitizer. Um, and so I think we wanted to really be considerate of what we are just selling and what we're doing. And that a lot of brands have kind of pivoted and kind of made that a lot big part of their business, but we wanted to really focus on care. And I think because of this, um, this epidemic that's happening or pandemic, uh, is happening is, is just, it's terrible. And I think people are really focusing on caring for themselves a lot more. People are definitely sitting at home and having a lot more time to think about things that they never could consider or focus on and care about. So I think I did, I did see a lot of people spending time buying things that I, in combinations I've never seen people purchase before. Um, and it was really nice to see that, that people are really taking care of themselves and saying, Hey, you know, I'm spending this time to reevaluate what's important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, right so i think that's been a really great experience this season of the brand is female is made possible with the support of td bank group women entrepreneurs confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections tools and resources as a woman entrepreneur myself i know i need all the support i can get what's great about td services for women in business is their collaboration-based approach they work with both internal and external partners that can provide education financing mentoring and community support 
TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship. And they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. Yeah, and I think people are choosing differently because there's been a rise in global consciousness and we're asking ourselves, who do we want to support? So I think part of it is supporting local brands, realizing that we have to help you know, business owners from our communities. But then there's also how we're realizing that our choices for products have an impact on you know the planet on on society and so on so you're well positioned with a with a brand you know that has a purpose that is um environmentally friendly and focused on vegan etc are you seeing that clients are turning to you more as a result of that i think if i think that could be one of the various layers of it for sure um i think also people are focusing on that because they want to take care of themselves yeah i think also one of the things we wanted to really make clear for in our brand is that everybody has skin <laughs> so everybody <laughs> has the right to take care of it you know in, in the way that they want to mm -hmm. and we wanted to share that with people that we are really love body care we love taking care of all the areas of your body mm -hmm. um and 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 leaving that up to you and how you interact with our products we wanted to ensure that everybody has access to our, our product it's not for a specific group it's not for a specific skin type it's mm -hmm. for everybody um and that, that we wanted to really ensure that it's it's unisex it's genderless you know mm -hmm. although we do have a lot more female customers we do get a lot of men also purchasing from us right, right. um but that's that was like one of our missions we didn't want to be very specific i mean our niche was like our customers are tribes they could all be from different walks of life different walks of incomes different walks of cultural backgrounds languages interests mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. but the interest that they have most in common is caring for themselves in the manner that they do um and the care that they have is clean clean good body care that's what they want and yeah I mean, I have customers that are in their 70s. I have customers that are in their 20s. I have customers in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, I have people that are like, have been like innovators from like 20 years ago and they knew what vegan mm -hmm. was. And then I have people that are sort of, um, you know, late adapters, early adopters, people that have always loved doing that, people that have had skin conditions or a change of like lifestyle and they wanted to find new ways of being able to make themselves feel better, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then... Black Lives Matter happened as well, and and the the movement of protests is is ongoing. You are a black owned brand, so how has the reaction been? Uh, and and I know you know what's been great too is, um, the 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 rise in visibility for uh, Canadian black owned brands, uh, where some of them maybe we were not as familiar with. You know they weren't really known in in mainstream media. So there's been a spotlight put on uh, on our, our own local black home brands. So how has that translated for you? And um, are you how are you envisioning, you know, that that support? Um, and, and, and I'm assuming, hoping that it's going to continue to happen and that it's not just a temporary trend. Oh, okay, well, my my views are I, I don't know if my views are different or um, I think it's a great first of all, first of all, it's a great amazing thing that happened mm -hmm. um that people are speaking up uh people that look like me are right. speaking up um and 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 experiencing you know this 
newfound a voice and saying, Hey, this is, we need to change this. This has to change. Mm -hmm. We are, you know, there's literally black men and women dying in the U S um, and they're losing their lives for, you know, very ridiculous circumstances mm -hmm. and just very on like just basic human things that are happening interactions. Um, so I do think that is, it's been a great, um, opportunity to see that change and the support that's coming mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i think as a black owned brand um or own brand in general mm -hmm. i think it's great that people are supporting that and providing spotlight and i think it's been really positive and i appreciate like every sale that we've gotten every comment every follower every person that left me a note <laughs> sent me a dm or retagged mm -hmm. me or whatnot it was so uh amazing and outpouring to see that people were so interested in our brand right um but i do think that i hope it's not a trend and i hope it's an opportunity for um larger conglomerates and um investors and as smaller stores boutiques online boutiques uh influencers anybody in the actual ecosystem to also decide hey you know what let me give a lot of these other brands opportunities that I would not not consider in the first place right um i do think that um why should why should my ethnicity be a uh importance like why should it be so important right mm -hmm. i i own a business <laughs> i own a brand right and i think my product should speak for itself or the story mm -hmm. and i should be able to sell that and i think that's sometimes very challenging to say i do think that it's very important that there is a space for um you know, black owned, uh, brands in the retail space, wherever the space is, yeah. uh, online in store experiences, partnerships, what opportunities. But I also think that should my ethnicity define that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, right. um, should that be the, 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 the reason why I'm getting this access? Um, should it be the fact that my brand is just really good? It's just amazing. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it just that I, I offer really great products and my reviews and my and my my growth can show that. Uh, but I also do think that it goes kind of hand in hand. And I think it's happening because that that platform never existed for a lot of black owned brands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think over time, it would be great just to say, hey, we're just taking this brand because it's great. We're not taking the brand because they happen to be black owned. We're taking this brand on because in the future, that should be something that should be looked at right versus just like i i think now that's very important yeah to yeah. emphasize on that but i think it should be normal mm -hmm. in 10 years or 20 years right right where now we're taking brands because they're just great yeah <laughs> and you yeah. know this person happens to be black yeah but not not as a like i don't know a uh vehicle in itself right right mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting um uh i was gonna ask you who are some women leaders who inspire you and they can be outside of the field of you know beauty and skincare uh where where do you find inspiration basically i think sometimes i find inspiration from just the everyday woman too mm -hmm. i think that <laughs> i was talking to a friend uh last night and i said to her you know moms are like awesome you got like two kids you you push them out you know you get back to business you work you know you take care of your kids you you you're a wife you're a mother and you're a person and you're an individual and you still gotta look good and you you mm -hmm. do everything else and sometimes that inspires me itself because i i have a hard time even getting up in the morning and saying <laughs> oh gosh i got i have stuff to do right. but being 
being responsible for another human being is like such an amazing thing too. So like, I think I, I'm, I get inspired a lot by working moms all the time too, when I see them and you hear their stories and you hear their businesses. Um, but I mean, other people that inspire me, I think other beauty brand, um, owners, um, that inspire me. I think that I look at, um, Martha Stewart is an awesome inspiration because mm -hmm. she started a business like when she had her kids and like, she was like literally working. I think Oprah is a great one. I think she's like mm -hmm. a staple yeah. uh, just because she's opened so many opportunities. I remember when I was a kid living in um, Austria and watching her show and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is insane. Like this is this woman talking about this and sharing her experiences and creating dialogue about these various topics that people don't necessarily talk about in their everyday lives. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I do think that I find inspiration in that and I find inspiration in a lot of fashion designers too, that are black, black owned and non-black um, brands. And I think I look at that um, on a daily basis. I, I find inspiration everywhere. <laughs> That's sometimes great. it's even the shop shop owners that i meet you know mm -hmm. and they tell me about how long they've had their businesses and i think that's like it's just it's just there's just too many names to mention and i feel like it would be crazy for me to start mentioning them mm -hmm. um because mm -hmm. i probably forget some of them i'll say their names wrong um and um <laughs> i think i think one of the things is that i do find inspiration not just um, from you know people that are very far out there yeah i yeah. do i find inspiration from everyday people too that's great um how do you and i'm always careful when i ask this question but how do you keep it all together and how do you stay grounded so you know you run you run your business you you also work um just being an entrepreneur is something that's so demanding um how and and, and part of that you know has to do with self-care which we broached uh, the topic already but what are those things that are important for you to really keep going uh, feel good about yourself and somewhat stay grounded and sane amidst uh, all all of the craziness that life brings well i have a family that lets me know that rachel you need to calm down <laughs> <laughs> so they keep me very grounded i uh, i cannot fly off and uh get a hot head uh -huh. that's for sure or just even just generally like think oh my gosh um so my parents uh my parents my sister is definitely one of those people that keeps me very grounded she's much younger than i am but she always says things like that would just baffle me i'm like okay i guess i gotta chill um and my my partner my husband he's also very much like keeps it very grounded. He's a very relaxed person. So I think that that, that helps as well. Um, and in terms of self-care, I think I take time. I'm a, I'm the type of person I'll like read a book or watch TV. Like I literally will turn my brain off. I just like watch something take and that break. Uh, mm -hmm. take that break. And I usually do that in a nighttime or like during the midday on the weekends, or I take a walk mm -hmm. and just walk or I connect with some friends. And I love that some of my friends don't really ask me about my business a lot, which is great because I don't want to always talk shop. Mm -hmm. So that's always really nice when I get to like just be a person and not talk shop about stuff. Um, and that's really, really nice. And I really enjoy that. And I think how I keep it together, I actually don't know. I, I, I still I still try to answer that, ask myself <laughs> that question <laughs> every day. I'm, I'm very serious. I don't actually know right. how I keep it all together. There's days where... I think the last like five or six weeks were so insane that I didn't have enough sleep. I didn't eat enough. I didn't exercise enough, but I still like 
went to my day job and did my business full time. I, I probably did like 80 hours a week, but I still wow. kept it together. I have yeah. no idea how. Yeah. Um, but I think it's because I've, I think I spent the last four years preparing for such an amazing moment. This opportunity was so amazing that I didn't, I, I didn't want to let it obviously let it slip through my hands. Um, so I think I was really much, very much prepared for, um, for something like this. And I think that, um, discipline and just being consistent and finding a, a, a process that would work for me and, and my mom and, mm-hmm. and myself too, uh, I think is part of self-care is coming up with a process. Like if you know that you're overwhelmed, um, and I know sometimes I am, I stop. I then break it down into smaller things and I start figuring out, okay, I have 21 things to do today. I know realistically I will maybe get done like four. Um, and I start breaking them down a lot more and not giving myself these super high expectations that I know I humanly can't meet. There's only 24 hours in a day and I, I hope to sleep eight hours for those two out of the 24. So I think that's also really, really important. So I, I, I do have processes in place when I realize that I'm overwhelmed and I stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's really key. Um, what would be your advice for uh, anyone, you know, who's thinking of starting their own business, maybe in a similar category as yours, what would be the tips you have to share? I think, uh, uh, have a plan. It doesn't have to be like an elaborate plan, but have a plan. Uh, and for my opinion, if I could go back in time, I would have a, I would have a single skew item. Interesting. Okay. A, mm-hmm. a single skew item <laughs> to start with, just so that you're not investing so much time and money into something that you don't know if it's going to work or work out. I mean, I don't know if I would consider myself lucky, but definitely there was moments where um, we had a lot of uh, skews, and it was very much like time consuming from um, from various angles, even just financially speaking. So I think that if you were to start, start a single skew item, it's always a good way to start. And you can, it, it's easier to like build a one product out. And then if it's really great, then you can like fast track it and build six or seven more SKUs added to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, another piece of advice is get a mentor, reach out to someone that uh, you really admire or you think can add value to you, uh, and be very clear of what you're looking for from them. So have like questions in mind already, be very specific. And a lot of people will take the time to talk to you for half an hour, an hour to help you with that. And, and, and most, most people, when you ask them these things first, they tend to like realize, okay, if you have your stuff together and you know what you're looking for, and you are asking your specific questions and you come prepared, a lot of them will say, Hey, yeah, I don't mind being your, your mentor because all of a sudden you, they can see that you're very serious about what you're doing. So these are the, the three uh, tidbits I can provide. Yeah, that's really good advice. And what's next for Shadi and Byron? What's coming up for you this year? What's uh, what's in the plans? Um, is to scale, is to scale and share our story and our products with as many people as we can that believe in what we're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and also just staying um, true to who we are as a brand. So, um, you know, even though we want to scale and grow, uh, you're not going to see us do 20 more <laughs> product items or not, nothing like that. We're going to stick with the things that we are good at doing. 
Uh, we're not going to move in new categories that we don't um, necessarily are part of our ethos or what we believe in. Um, and we want to keep true to that. I mean, um, one of the things that we also do is we really stay connected to our customers. So we really want to have that lifeline. Like people still email me. Like even when I send out automated emails and, and things like that, I get a lot of people replying and I'll, I'll, st I'll take the time to reply. And I still want that, that portion of it. Um, I know I haven't shared this, but like one of the things that we do is when we have new products and after we've gone through quality control testing, we share it. We actually reach out to our customers and we say, hey, you guys want to try a new product that we're like launching? And we send it out for free to them. We let them give us feedback. Um, and we, we kind of do that. And a lot of the pictures, all the pictures that you see on our website are actually our customers. So none right. of them are like models. They're yeah. just our customers. Yeah. We reached out to them and we said, hey, you, you guys want to model for us? Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> some people are like, no. And some people are like, yes, sign me up. Right. So it's definitely something that we want to keep doing. want to really stay close to our customer base and talk to them and have conversations. Mm -hmm. And we, we like experience that so i think that's really part a uh, big part of our journey that we want to continue um and just building on that story of body care and care itself mm -hmm. well that that's great and that sounds like a great plan and in closing i want to ask you what is my favorite question to ask all, all our guests and it's what do you wish women would do more of uh break rules uh-huh. That's a great one. <laughs> um, and I guess I can elaborate a little bit on that. I feel like that sometimes we we don't, we kind of follow these rules that either society or men, not, I'm not a, like, I'm not a, a man hater. Okay. That's not what it is. I'm just saying that, that I think that there's a lot of rules that uh, men sometimes have, you know, you know, or society has upon us. And even women, we do that to each other as well. Um, break rules, you know, and I think my mom had one of those is perfect example of her saying like she couldn't do a business because she was already over the age of 50. Like, why? Who told you this? Where where did this notion come from? It came from somewhere. Um, and I think even just like um, as as a business, I think, uh, or in your career or in things that you want to do as a woman, break the rules, break, break the rules that are you know, are designed to keep us in where we are in the, in the paths that we're supposed to be in versus the paths that we are, we're meant to go. So I think that it's very important to break rules. You know, if, you know, someone says, Hey, you know what, I want to start a business doing this, then do it, you know, find out, do your fact checking, but yeah, change it up, do something different. Um, and I think it's also for careers too. It's like, you know, sometimes when we decide, Hey, I want to do this and I want to do that. Um, go for it. Break the rules. I think it's very important. Even in your own relationships you have with people, it's it's very much like we're uh, there's a lot of gender roles sometimes involved, and sometimes it's like, hey, let's break them. Let's mm -hmm. uh, see. Let's let's do something different, right? Um, yeah. And so I think break break rules is really important. I think if I did if I didn't do all those things when I was younger, when I was 16 and 17, doing like a com summer company programs or entrepreneurial programs. Um, I think I would still, I would have a very different path, um, ahead of me right now. So I, I do think that it's important that I broke the rules and, and that looked, looked different for me. It looks very different for me than it would look for someone else. I mean, even just looking back at like when we did shows and when we did, um, you know, when we set up our brand and people kind of figured out that we were, um, you know, black owned, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like really? Um, 
uh, in some ways, right? Um, and in other ways, people were like, oh, this isn't, it's awesome. But if you, if you don't break the rules and if you don't decide to go in different categories that clean beauty is a space that is not necessarily full of black owned brands, uh, black owned female brands uh, specifically, um, but you, you need to break the rules. If you don't break the rules, then I think things will stay the same. It's important to, Absolutely. to try to do that. Yeah, that's how change is going to happen, right? Otherwise, it's the same thing again and again. And these opportunities are going to happen if we create them and if we disrupt and, and as you say, break the rules. So I love that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like disrupt and break the rules is, I think, the same things. Um, and I really talk about the rules that are designed to keep um, specific genders or groups um, at a certain place. And I think it's important that you try to disrupt and change uh, what you can change in your own way. So like my change looks like this, like this is like, you know, when I have kids, I want to be able to show my kids, hey, yeah, you could totally be an entrepreneur. Mom did it. Um, and I, I, I hope that I can give them as, as many more tools that I didn't have um, so that they can get an opportunity that maybe I couldn't have dreamt of even years to come. Um, and life is always changing, right? And I mean, looking, looking years ago, women couldn't vote. Like this was not, this was not that long ago. Women couldn't vote. Women couldn't make decisions. So I think as women, we've come a really long way and we still have a long way to go um, in a lot of areas in our lives, you know? So yeah, break the rules. (laughs) Well, that's a great way to end this conversation. We'll, we'll keep breaking the rules. Thank you so much, Rachel. This was awesome and wishing you the best for what's next to come with uh, Shady Baron. but I'm convinced that there's some really exciting stuff ahead of you. And thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's been a really great pleasure and just to talk about our passion and what we really love to do. And I think that um, please keep doing what you're doing. Keep sharing more stories like this because I think it's so important for women all over the world to know that we are strong and we're amazing and we're incredible and we are so uh, we're so layered as well. And I, and I just want to thank you again for having me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you did, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo.